welcome to the Love Your Life Project, a gentle guide to living a wholehearted, meaningful life. In these trying times, listen to stories, poems, musings, mystical wisdom to inspire you, bringing a little more light to your day. I'm Anuramana. Hello again, my beloved friends. It's lovely to be back with you. It's been two weeks already since I've sat here with the microphone recording and speaking to you. And I'll just preface this episode by saying that I have the heater going here as it's quite chilly in Manchester at the moment. And if you hear a faint hum, Uh, in the background. That's what it is. I wish I could say it was the ocean, but at least it is bringing some kind of pleasure, (laughs) some warmth. And today I feel to chat with you about forgiveness. I'm not really sure why it just popped in so readily, so suddenly uh, in the last couple of days. Um, But it seems to be here, and certainly in this world we're in, where there is so much division and conflict, um, perhaps exploring forgiveness a little bit may may be helpful. So I know for many of us, myself included, it can be hard sometimes to forgive something someone said or done or neglected to do. And I think that reactivity, that feeling, whether it's anger or something else, it comes from a a place of feeling hurt or unheard or insulted, unacknowledged. And I might even say misunderstood that whoever or whatever it was that precipitated the reactivity came out of some kind of misunderstanding. And so for me, forgiveness is very closely allied to the sense of compassion. And beneath that, I would say, a sense of understanding, uh, learning to understand the motivations perhaps or you know the source of what caused a person to insult you or ignore you or whatever it is that would cause reaction in you and so perhaps these areas of misunderstanding if we can call them that are just an invitation for us to acknowledge that there's a woundedness somewhere inside our own selves that's being reflected to us that we need to understand, to hold in love, to wrap in compassion and perhaps eventually forgiveness even. You know, there's a quote I came across by 
Steve Maraboli, and he said, forgiveness is a reflection of loving yourself enough to move on. A reflection of loving yourself enough to just move on. But I don't feel he means or intends that we just brush over whatever it is and, you know, turn the other cheek. I mean, Jesus could do that, but we're, well, I was going to say, but we're humans, and we are. We're humans and divine beings as well. But for most of us, it takes practice, it takes effort sometimes, and most especially, I think it requires love, love for the entire situation to be able to perhaps at some point step out of your own highly charged feelings around a situation and maybe look at what it would might what it might feel like for the person the so-called perpetrator in quotes maybe there was something going on for that person at that time at that moment that the event or the incident happened even something as simple as you know being cut off when you're on the freeway and a car just slides in in front of you or somebody pushes in front of you at the checkout line in the store just as basic as that and we get really angry but for all we know that person may be in terrible pain may have a a hard time standing up and need to sit down and want to get out of the supermarket as quickly as possible the person cutting you off on the freeway might be trying to rush you know his wife to the hospital who's about to go into labor we just don't know the history the backstory of anybody else really and i think it's an ongoing useful valuable practice to try to see the larger the larger picture there's that wonderful quote well actually it's a line from a poem by Auden where he says if there should conflict be if there should conflict be let the more loving one be me how about trying that out letting the more loving person be you what's popping into mind now is Michelle Obama saying, you know, when they, the supposed others, go low, we go high. To just kind of, I don't mean take the high high road like being better than, but just having the, the greater capacity to hold in understanding, if not compassion or forgiveness, to hold in as much love as possible. The entirety of the situation the wonderful spiritual teacher Byron Katie talks of forgiveness as just another name for freedom, another name for freedom. And Deepak Chopra, I saw, posed the question to ask yourself if you want to be a prisoner of the past, a prisoner of that event that, you know, you're swirling around in your head about, or you want to be a pioneer of the future. And I would even say a pioneer of now to just let the past, you know, do its thing, feel it all the way through and then let it go because it is past. It's not present except in your head, in your mind. 
and it's only just really simply a story. I know, I know, easier said than done. And every time we have the opportunity to open to forgiveness, it's, it is an opportunity, it's a gift to open our hearts more into love rather than resentment. So I'll share a poem here with you by Mark Nepo, and it's called The Ghost and the Symphony. The Ghost and the Symphony. The heart has 10,000 hands. They want to love everything. The heart has 10,000 hands. They want to love everything, but we only have two. And so we hurt each other. We break the world when we insist on carrying what no one can carry. This is the ghost of love. But ask the 10,000 hands to love one thing at a time, to love one thing at a time, and we can repair the world and release the sweetness of eternity. This is the symphony of life. So I love that, asking the heart, the 10,000 hands of the heart, to just love one thing at a time. Break it into small increments, small pieces. So much more doable that way. And speaking of starting, starting at the basics, you know, I'm not sure who, who said this, but I do remember reading that one person was espousing the idea of not forgiving, but accepting what happened because he or she felt that turning to forgiveness, being the forgiver, so to speak, is kind of placing yourself above the other. And this person felt that acceptance really was the way to go, to just accept, well, it happened, accept the totality of the situation so that it kind of equalizes everything and you're not deigning to forgive. And I'm not sure that's really the way to go, but I just offer it to you now as a, as a possibility if total forgiveness is hard. And it is hard at times. When I was pondering this episode, I was remembering many, many, many years ago, I was in relationship with a man in Portland and it was a difficult relationship. There was some absolute beauty in it and uh, gratitude for it. And we split up eventually. And at some point after that relationship, I entered into doing a 12-step program, which is really all about forgiveness. Forgiveness of others, and of ourselves ultimately. And so the fourth step is all about making amends. You may be aware of this and the idea is that you go around and track down everyone you may have hurt or caused pain to and apologize. And so I went on this very diligently and 
tracked down so many people and made my apologies and for the most part they were accepted very gracefully and graciously and everything was all good and it felt so freeing to just own my own mistakes or apparent mistakes and to acknowledge the fact that I had caused pain to someone. But this one man, this relationship, I couldn't do it for the longest time. I worked it inside and day after day after day and there was just a knot in there of I just can't go there, I just can't go towards making amends because I felt on my high horse that he should be making amends to me. (laughs) But eventually I, you know, it just something wore down inside. I was worn down. It was such an effort to carry that hardness when everything else felt so soft inside. And I did eventually get to a place of understanding and then compassion and then ultimately forgiveness so that I could go and make amends to him for my end of things because in any relationship, particularly intimate relationship, there's always two sides to any conflict. And so it wasn't really for many, many, many years after when I had done a lot of internal work and healing myself that I could look back on that relationship and that man whom I loved dearly. We definitely loved each other deeply. But I could see with the gift of hindsight how profoundly wounded he was. Profoundly wounded, going all the way back to childhood, to babyhood. But I was so caught up in my own agenda. I couldn't get out of that in order to feel what it must have been like for him. And I realized it was an impossibility for him to give me what I wanted. He wasn't able. He just did not have the capacity through no fault of his own. So that was a real humbling for me to think of all the months, probably years, I had judged him for what he couldn't help. As you may know, I was just on the coast in Oregon this last weekend offering a, a writing retreat around the, the subject of our ancestors and our family and all of the inheritances that we have received. And, you know, it feels to me that forgiveness is very much a part of that. Sometimes we resent having to lug around whatever it is we've we've received through DNA from previous generations, the unmet wounds. And yet we're the generation here who have the capacity, who aren't, you know, working on raw survival, who have the ability to to do some inner healing and ultimately transform the family patterns. So There's a poem I'd like to share I just actually came across after I got back from the very rich weekend of sharing. And it's called Forgiveness. It's by Christopher Soto and it's dedicated to his father. Forgiveness. I'm writing you 
ten years later and two thousand miles away from our silence. My mouth a cave that had collapsed. I'm writing while you wear the hospital gown and count failures such as the body's inability to rise. I see your fingers fumbling in the pillbox as if earthquakes are in your hands. I think it's time. I think it's time for us to abandon our cruelties. I think it's time for us to abandon our cruelties. For us to speak so S O F T. For us to speak so S O F T. So soft. We're barely human. I think it's time for us to abandon our cruelties. For us to speak so soft, we're barely human. So, to just share with you the way that line is written on the page, so soft, the S-O-F-T, each letter is italicized and spaced out across the bare white page. And it feels so beautiful to me to really speak of the softening so that the cruelties can be laid aside, the mutual cruelties between father and son, so that they're barely human, which is to say they're laying down the ego, they're laying down the agenda, and just opening into that softness of the bright white space of forgiveness. Another poet, Michael Lally, in his poem he writes about the forbidden fruit of forgiveness, the forbidden fruit of finally feeling the happiness you were afraid you didn't deserve. I love that, the forbidden fruit of forgiveness, to allow yourself the happiness that's on the other side of letting go, of holding on to Bitterness, anger, rage, resentment. You know, I'm reminded of a movie I saw a long time ago, and I may have mentioned this in another episode, but it was about a German man after World War II who married an American woman and lived in this small village in America. And of course, as a German, he was very unpopular after the war, and he was bullied ferociously, attacked um, every time he went out. And he said to his wife, when she asked him how he could put up with it, he said, I forgive them, I just forgive them. And she said, how can you forgive them? They've been so cruel to you. And he said, because I only have to forgive once but to carry around the resentment towards them, the anger. I have to keep carrying that around for the rest of my life. So which path is easier? And that really stayed with me, really inspired me deeply. 
but I can't leave you without speaking to self-forgiveness because it feels to me when you peel the layers back all the way to the source that it's really all a need for self-forgiveness, self-compassion, self-understanding. I came across this lovely piece of advice this morning, actually on Facebook, by Corey Muscata. And he says his advice, his tip is to start by loving the walls you've built around your heart. Appreciate them. Bow to them. Bow to the walls you've built around your heart. They're trying to protect you. They love you. Instead of getting angry at those walls for not letting you feel love, let your first act of love be to thank them. Thank them. Because when you do, they will feel safe, these walls around your heart. And when they feel safe, they'll soften. The walls aren't preventing love. The love's already there. You just need to let it hold the part of you that's defended. So I just love that idea of starting this love relationship with all of the contractions in the heart, all of the places where we can't fully open to love. Surely that's a large part of what we're doing here on earth, learning to love every last shred of this miraculous and often taxing existence. Is there any part of you that could use some extra love, some understanding, some compassion, some place that's been anesthetized maybe, that just feels impenetrable. And just holding it in love without needing to change anything. Or just simply hold it even if the love can't be felt. To allow it to be, to befriend it. Just feels like it would be such a gift, this act of, of love towards forgiving your own self to all those voices that we all have inside of self-judgment, of criticism that pull us down or try to sabotage us. To just let them be, but let them be loved so they don't have to force themselves into the forefront for attention. Eventually, if we can really love them, they'll melt all the way back. They'll dissolve back into the heart of love. Ah, well, a deep topic this week, and I'd like to leave you with this beautiful poem by Julia Ferenbacher, and it's called The Most Important Thing. And perhaps you could ask yourself in your current life, what for you is the most important thing? I am making a home inside myself. I'm making a home inside myself, a shelter of kindness where everything is forgiven, everything allowed, a quiet patch of sunlight to stretch out without hurry, 
where all that has been banished and buried is welcomed, spoken, listened to, released. A fiercely friendly place I can claim as my very own. I'm throwing arms open to the whole of myself, especially the fearful, fault-finding, falling apart, unfinished parts, knowing every seed and weed, every drop of rain, has made the soil richer. I will light a candle, pour a hot cup of tea, gather around the warmth of my own blazing fire. I'll howl if I want to, knowing this flame can burn through any perceived problem, any prescribed perfectionism, any lying limitation, every heavy thing. I am making a home inside myself where grace blooms in grand and glorious abundance, a shelter of kindness that grows all the truest things. I whisper hallelujah to the friendly sky. Watch now, watch now as I burst into blossom. Watch now as I burst into blossom. So I wish you a grand old blossoming, flowering, opening of the heart. I wish you your own beautiful shelter for the places that still wound, wound your heart, that need to still protect, be protected. I wish you kindness, understanding, compassion and love for your entire self, for in fact extending the net wider, your entire life and everyone in it. What an amazing world we would have if everyone began with self-forgiveness. How much easier it would be to forgive those imagined others. So thank you for your time today. And I send you off with so much love from my heart to yours. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with others. And if you'd like to hear more, you can find me on my website, anaramana.com. And also on there is a link to become a member of my Patreon family, where for a donation, I offer additional gifts and bonuses, like guided meditations and private Zoom calls. Much love to you. Till next time.